0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. This is episode 45, dedicated to the man that wore the snow when he came back from his first retirement, Mr. Michael Jordan. And as always, thank you for listening and downloading to another episode of the podcast. Remember to always subscribe, rate, and review. It's a great way for people that are searching for new podcasts to listen to to come across this one. Then remember to always get the word out about the podcast via word of mouth. The things that we enjoy in life, we are more willing and somewhat wired to tell other people about. So no matter if this is your first episode. Episode, Or if you have been listening to episode one, be sure that people know about the podcast. This past weekend in college football brought the biggest rivals to play each other. And it's great how college football does it. They get the thing right. It's a great way to end your season to cap that thing off playing your rival. No matter if you're going to a bowl game down the road in about a month or so. Or if you're, if you're not bowl eligible and you're just trying to win this thing to go out on a high note. It's a great way to end your season against your best opponent all year. The one team you hate, it's a great way to play them at the end and say, hey, no matter what happened before this, this means everything. We win this game. This is it. Coaches, there are coaches that get fired for not having winning records or not beating their rival enough. There are coaches that basically keep their job because every single year they beat their biggest rival. And this past weekend, we saw. Jim Harbaugh lose to Ohio State once again. We saw Ryan Day start his uh, matchup, his first tenure, his first game against Michigan with a win with his first full season as a head coach going undefeated regular season 12-0. and A feat that is rarely, rarely ever done, but hey, he did it and it's, I'm, I'm very, very happy for him that he was able to accomplish that feat. Well, Thursday night in the Egg Bowl, we saw a rivalry game that brought some excitement, brought some excitement not just from the fans, but from the players uh, from the, to the announcers. Everybody was, was anxious. Everybody was excited. Leading up throughout the entire game, back and forth, tough, hard-fought battle between Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Fourth quarter, Ole Miss is down 21 to 14. They're on the road in Starkville, playing Mississippi State, trying to find a way to win the game. The entire game, Ole Miss are playing John Rice Plumley, the true freshman quarterback well the fourth quarter they took him out and put in Matt Corral the rest redshirt freshman quarterback the guy that had the better arm you know you're down seven times ticking the clock's going if you don't move quickly if you don't move that thing through the air your chances of winning this game will go out the window so they put in Matt Corral fourth quarter in the red zone third and goal on the two-yard line all he has to do is score give his team a chance to tie the game or take the lead. Either one, depending on if they score a touchdown, go for one or two. All he's supposed to do is keep his team in contention to give them a chance to win the game. He did his job. What happened after that was unfortunate, was unexpected, was what kind of forced or kind of hurt the team and the chances of winning the game shortly or quickly went out the window. Third and goal, red zone. Matt Corral drops back, throws the ball to his left to Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore catches the ball on the one-yard line. He pivots upfield towards the end zone, gets popped by a a DB. That DB pops him, but it doesn't phase Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore dives, goes to the end zone, sticks the ball up. The referee holds his hands up, touchdown. Now, Elijah Moore, all you have to do is give the ball back to the referee, Barry Sanders style, hand it to him, go back to your sideline, let you kick a, kick a kick a PAT, so that you can have a chance to win the game. What happened next, like I said, was unexpected. This young man had different things in mind. He didn't want to do a Barry Sanders style or just go back to his sidelines, no, or even celebrate with his teammates. He crawled to the back of the end zone. Remember now, he's on the road, crawled to the back of the end zone on Mississippi State's field, lifts up his leg like he's urinating on a fire hydrant like a dog saying hey i'm marking my territory on your field the referee is right in front of him so as his legs up the referee walks towards him elijah moore puts his leg down stands up the referee quickly throws his yellow flag up right where elijah moore is excessive the celebration 15 yard penalty tacked on on the pat push that pat back 15 yards the kicker misses the PAT. The chances of Ole Miss winning got even slimmer. They didn't get the ball back. Mississippi State wins the game by one. 21-20. The 2019 Egg Bowl winner is Mississippi State. Elijah Moore, young man. You literally had one job. That's it. <coughs> Don't mess this thing up. Reminds me of a time when I was in high school where I literally yelled at a guy during tour days because here's a wide receiver. I'm an old lineman I don't like running sprints at the end of practice. He don't like running them either, but he's faster than me. He's a starter. I'm trying to be a starter at this point. I did not have my starting spot solidified, so we're running. We're running. We're running next thing you know we had this thing uh, let's run one more for ellyn our biggest rival fitting isn't it well he, he i yelled at him and he he kept jogging we had we had 10, spr- 10 sprints prior to this he kept jogging kept jogging like man i don't care i'm going to do this man it's too hot 100 degrees outside this They i'm in full pads man i don't want to do this he just jogging 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 and i look over and i said let's do one more for ellyn i said hey chuck you going to run this one this time and you know what happened? He went to me. I I went to him. We got face to face. We ended up going back. We ended up running to the sprints, going to the locker room. Nothing ever happened after that. But trust me, I can I can see it. I can see it. I can see it now. I was not inside the locker room. But if I was, I would have gone to Elijah Moore and said, "Hey, hey, bro, what you doing?" What you do? You had one job, bro. You had one job. You definitely had one job and you messed it up. Hey, you got to be more aware of what's going on. You got to be more aware of the of the moment. I'm sure the coaches told him, hey, don't mess this up. But Elijah Moore forsook and didn't listen to any, anybody's advice, anybody's coaching that he got prior to that play. And he did his own thing. And Elijah Moore, some will blame for the loss Ole Miss took Thursday night to Mississippi State. Let's go ahead and take a trip to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, because there's a young man down there that just gets it. There are players that we watch every single week, every single day that get it. They understand the role. They understand the moment. They understand what they're supposed to do. They understand what other people are supposed to do. They simply get it. It's not a skill set. It's not a a, a mental capacity where you're able to understand and grasp everything the coach is throwing at you, every play in the playbook. No, it's everything that goes into that and then some. There are also those players that don't get it, that don't understand what's going on, that don't understand the moment. We just talked about one in Elijah Moore. Yes, you can say, "Jay, man, he got it, man. He gets it. He got it in that end zone. That's not where it stops. Getting it is understanding that there's more to it than just getting in the end zone. I have to conduct myself in a certain way that I will not get a th- a flag thrown because of my actions on the field that will hurt my team and basically give my team a harder chance to win the game that we're trying to win. Elijah Moore, he ain't got it. Why? He hurt his team. 15-yard penalty. You could say his the quarterback. No, excuse me, the, the kicker should have made that kick, and yes, he should have made the. At the same time, Elijah Moore should not have done what he did because if he didn't do that, the kicker would have had an easier shot and probably would have made that PAT to tie that game 21-21 to give Ole Miss every chance, to even playing field, the the best chance they could have, 0-0 to beat Mississippi State on the road. This is a young man down in Louisiana, played for the Bayou Bengals by the name of Joe Burrow. He definitely gets it. Here's a transfer from Ohio State. Went down there after not winning the job, after not, after not beating uh, Dwayne Haskins out to be the starting quarterback at Ohio State. He said, hey, man, I want to play. I want to play college football. I have a dream, and I want to fulfill my dream. Well, he, when he just decided to, to, to transfer, he had a chance to look everywhere in the country to say, where in the world am I going to play? Where am I going to take my talents? LeBron took his talents at South Beach. Joe Burrow took his talents to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And they welcomed him in with open arms, not just his teammates, not just Coach O, but the entire state and the fans as well of LSU, of those Tigers down there that play in Death Valley. They welcomed him in with open arms and the rest is history. His story is not being is not done being written. He has a few more games to play to close out his collegiate career. Last year, we look at Joe Burrow. Said, "Hey man, this guy ain't that good. It's just another LSU quarterback. He's another guy, and a long list of guys that ain't that good. They're good enough to be starters, but they're not all Americans. They're not. They're not all world guys. They're not guys that we can look at to say, Hey, sling that thing around to help us win the game.' They are not that. Joe Burrow is the complete opposite." of your typical LSU quarterback. Last year, he thought he was going to be that guy. This year, he's a, he's a lot better than anybody would have expected. He's been so good this year. He broke the SEC's single-season passing yards record with 4,368 passing yards, breaking the record that was set in 1998 by Tim Couch of Uh, Former Kentucky quarterback of 4,275 passing yards he had in that season. He also tied the SEC single-season passing touchdown record with 44 touchdowns, tied with Missouri's Drew Locke. Joe Burrow, in his last game, senior night, senior day, excuse me, senior night at LSU, he decided to pay tribute to the fans to the state of LSU and changed the spelling. Of his last name, he went to the equipment guys earlier in the week and said, hey, can you do this? Can you make this change on the back of my jersey to close my, my senior season out? They said, sure. Why not? Of course we can. He went to Coach O's and said, Coach, do I have your permission to make this change to pay tribute to this great state of Louisiana? He said, sure. Of course you can. Of course you can do that. I would love. Yeah, Yes, you can. And he changed his name. The original spelling of Joe Burrow is B-U-R-R-E-A. You, B, b-u-r-r-o-w Got ahead of myself. We well, changed the spelling of his name to B U R R E A U X in French. The letter combination E A U X is in a word is pronounced as long O. So words like B E A U X sound like bow, and E A U X sound like O, and G A T E A U X sound like go T. Weird spelling, but that's exactly how it would sound. LSU in Baton Rouge celebrates the Cajun influence of the surrounding area by playing on the French language and has created Go, G-A-U-X, which is Go, as encouragement for its athletic teams. At football games, for example, you will see banners in the stands that say G-E-A-U-X. Go, but it's paying tribute and paying homage to the heritage that is down there in Louisiana and Joe Burrow understanding the moment understanding his role as a quarterback of this team undefeated football team that the LSU Tigers are right now trying to continue that undefeated season that they're having by playing next week playing Georgia in the SEC championship in Atlanta Georgia Joe Burrow said hey this ain't about me as good as as good as I play this year, as good as our team is this year, this is not about me. Yes, I can I can go all out. I can show out on the field, but this, yes, yeah, CNI is supposed to be about me as a player. I'm going to pay homage. I'm going to pay tribute to the team, to the fans, to this great state of Louisiana and change my name, showing that, yes, I may have only been here for a short time, but Louisiana, you are in me and I am grateful. I am thankful for everything that you have done, everything that you have shown me. Joe Burrow had this to say about him changing his name and what being in LSU, being in Baton Rouge has meant to him this season. Since I was 10 years old, this is what I've wanted to do. I said in the past, my goal was never to be the quarterback of an NFL team. I wanted to be the quarterback of a top 10 team playing in the national championship game. And we have a chance to do that. This is a dream come true. A young man, a guy where in most places in our day and age, people are saying, hey, man, look forward to the NFL. Look forward to that check. Look forward to that fir- to, to that contract, signing your first contract. Look forward to all that money. Be, be lured and be pulled by the luster of making millions of dollars playing a game that you love. Joe Burrow said, hey, that's all fun. That, that's all fun. That's all great that 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 may come but my dream before getting to the NFL before I had a chance to play in the National Football League I want to be the quarterback of a top 10 team, giving myself a chance, giving my team, excuse me, giving my team a chance to play in the national championship game. And, it's L- and if LSU keeps playing like they have been, they have a great shot of that. Most people, myself included, think LSU will beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, even though it's a, it's basically in Georgia's backyard, being in Atlanta. I don't think L- Georgia knows what's coming for them. I don't think Georgia can keep up with the offense of LSU either myself others also think LSU will have a great shot yes a great shot a really good shot of playing in the national championship game so that dream that Joe Burrow has there's a good chance that will be fulfilled coach O had this to say about uh, Joe Burrow and what Joe Burrow has meant that was his appreciation for the state of Louisiana he asked if he could do it and of course, I said, yes, Louisiana is a great special. Louisiana is a special place and LSU is a special place. When you play for the Tigers, you're a Tiger coach. Oh, LSU roots, Louisiana roots. So he knows exactly what that means. He know exactly what the people of Louisiana mean, what the football team means to them. In Louisiana, they got the Tigers. They got LSU. They got the Saints. That's it. Football is a way of life down there. Football's different down there in the Deep South, and that's exactly why, that's exactly what helped Joe Burrow understand the moment that he is in. Certain players have it, certain players don't. This season LSU's on is special. Being able to run the table, it's rare. It's a tough feat in college football. It's rare that we have three players at three teams at this point in the season that are undefeated. I think back, to a season my senior season of of high school football to a player that had it and a player that didn't have it senior season playing Lawrence North playing LN uh playing our rival playing our biggest rival we open the season every single year playing LN and we're known for beating LN every single season in football no questions asked you 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 ask anybody we're, we're better than Ellen every single, every year. We're better than them. Well, this year was one of those odd years when Ellen beat us. Fourth quarter of this game, we're down three touchdowns. I am right next to Drew Horman. Um, Drew, uh, we're on defense. Ellen's on offense. Uh, Terry Johnson, a three-year starter uh, for us, started since season as a sophomore. Great, great player. Really could have been a lot better if he had it he was missing something up here in his brain that could have propelled him to be a lot better than he was ellen's on offense late in the fourth quarter game's almost over they hand the ball off to the running back terry tackles the running back in the backfield for tfl tackle for loss he celebrates he does like a crossing thing saying no no good not not in my house even though we're at home we're down three touchdowns our team's about to lose to our rival Ain't no place for celebration. Drew's right next to me. Drew Horman is one of us guys, that our coaches said he had it. Drew yelled at Terry, said, Terry! And he looked over. Well, Terry looked at Drew knowing he heard that voice and knew exactly whose voice that was. Drew didn't say another word. He pointed to the scoreboard. Terry looked, and at that moment, he knew that he messed up. Every single team has players that have it. Every single team has players that, d- that don't. Joe Burrow, he's one of those guys that have it. There's a great shot due to the suspension that Chase Young had to, the two-game suspension that Chase Young had to go through that Joe Burrow will win the Heisman. Joe Burrow put this caption on a picture of him running onto the field during Saturday Night at LSU that basically talks about how he understands his role in LSU as a quarterback of the Bayou Bengals. Death Valley. Where opponents' dreams come to die, but where mine became a reality. Ah, man, everybody loves a good. Juicy baseball story. Yes, we do. Man, baseball is one of those sports, and in the offseason, it's normally dead. There's normally not much going on. You have baseball winter meetings. Uh, you have training camp in the spring. The World Series gets over in October, sometimes November, if it lingers on, but that's about it. Between November and spring training, sometimes beginning of the regular season, it ain't much to talk about, but when we get one of these juicy, yes, juicy stories, we are all here for it. in the 2017 Houston Astros. Astros have been put on front street and more information keeps coming out about this particular team. The Houston Astros have been accused of stealing signs. Yes, something that's been going on in baseball for years. The Houston Astros, the year they won the World Series, have been accused of stealing signs. I'm not talking about they're just stealing signs from the first base or third base coach. No, no, no. They took this thing to a whole nother level. They basically said, hey, when we're at that, we're going to see the sign that the catcher is relaying to the pitcher. How do they do that, you may ask? They had a camera out in center field, and that camera zoomed all the way into the catcher. And zooming all the way into the catcher, that video camera was able to pick up the pitches that the the catcher was telling the pitcher to throw. That feed was actually showed live in in between a corridor between the clubhouse and the dugout. So there were people back between the clubhouse and the dugout, team personnel that watched that feed. And once that catcher relayed that message to the pitcher, there was a sound, they would basically hit a garbage can A certain amount of times relaying the pitch that was going to be thrown to that person. Now, as I'm reading this, I'm thinking, okay, cool. Baseball story, it's the offseason. How crazy is this? And I'm just I I when I was first reading, I'm like, man, this ain't a story for me. This ain't nothing crazy. This is something stupid. I don't want to read this. And as I kept reading, I'm like, hold on, man. The Astros kind of smart. They, they, they really kind of smart. See, I mean, you got a camera. First off, you got to get someone, you got to get a camera position in a place that nobody, no league official, no umpire is going to see it. That's impressive. That's clever. You also have to get people that are quick enough back between the clubhouse and the dugout that are able to relay that message quick. That's clever. That's impressive. There have been people that are saying saying, this story is as big, if not bigger, than the steroid era in baseball. Me and myself thinking, hey man, I get it. (laughs) I like this. (laughs) I like this. Next time I watch a baseball game and the eight Astros are are playing, I'm going to be listening very, very closely to see if they're still doing it. So basically, yes, they're relaying that message from the, the the little space between the clubhouse and the dugout, hitting the hitting the trash can very very loud, loudly. in the feed that I heard, you heard it loud and clear. Now it could have been pumped up by the microphone; it could have been emphasized. But basically, I heard that loud and clear. Two bangs. It was two bangs for a changeup between this at bat. No bangs for a fastball. I'm like, oh, we! I like it. Oh, they upped the ante during the World Series. The World Series that year, you know, World Series a lot louder than normal. Uh, Fans are a lot louder. Announcers are up. Players are playing better. So during the World Series, with the sound not working very well, and you're not being able to hear things over the loud. Uh, wild nature of the of the fans in the stands they said oh they used a the whistle once again you're getting clever you're getting very very smart even on the biggest stage you're still using what has gotten you there to propel you to another win there was also people saying there was a point there was a one point this is not been confirmed or not Just like the whistling has not been confirmed. People are saying there may be a chance that they were actually had wristbands. And so instead of doing the banging on the trash can, they had wristbands on their arm that vibrated the amount of times two, one, zero, whatever it was to depict what pitch was going to be thrown. Now, you may be thinking just like me when I read this. This story is weird. There's cheating in baseball, stealing signs in baseball. That's whatever. But. It also takes uh, a certain level of skill from the batter to say, "Hey, you're giving me something that's going to aid me on the field. All I have to do is quickly process what you're giving me, process it in my brain, and decide quickly if I'm going to if I'm going to swing the bat." You know baseball. Between the time that the pitcher get the catcher gives the pitcher the uh, the pitch and the pitcher throws it, there's not much time. Between that, the, the the message being sent and the ball being thrown. So also, it's impressive that those guys were able to relay the message to the batter. The batter was able to process it. And the batter was able to decide if it was time to swing or not to swing. Now, of course, there's strikeouts. Of course, things are going to happen. Of course, we're human. But this is my kind of story. There are people that are out there saying the Astros should be banned. The Astros should be punished. They should lose uh, draft picks. They should lose free agent, free uh, move or money in free agency. They're saying all this kind of stuff. They should be punished for a season. People saying all this kind of stuff. It's okay to just, uh, it's okay to take a, a step back into and, and look and take everything in as a whole. Did they do it? Is it true? Is there proof? are former players that were on the team that are no longer on the team are they coming out to say what is true and what not is true there are certain players that are coming out and saying things about the team saying that yes this is true they should be panned oh this isn't the same this isn't the only team that has gone to these links to steal signs or to re- steal signs and relay messages to uh, players and to other people that are in the dugout people are saying the, the red Sox were also found to be using apple watches to relay signs the uh, that were spied via a video feed so this is not the only thing it's 2017 when this came out technology video cameras things like this have been around for quite some time instant replay has been in other sports longer than baseball but baseball eventually got on board with that i'm only i'm not surprised It's going on now I'm just waiting for who's next. Who is going to be the next team that is stealing signs in a clever way to say, hey, yes, we did it. We were guilty. We did it. Uh, Are you jealous? Are you jealous you didn't get it before we did? That's the way I'm looking at it. Yes, the Astros are going to get punished if if this is true. More information is coming out. Substantial information is coming out to say, yes, what the Astros did do is true. But if you could go to someone and say, hey, you could do this. Would you do it? You can put a camera in center field, put a live feed on the catcher to relay the, the message from the as the catcher is giving. Relay the message from inside the in between the clubhouse to the dugout to a batter. Would you do it? And no one would know. I guarantee there's a lot of guys in baseball that would do the same thing. Thing. This is why we love baseball. Sometimes baseball is boring. Sometimes baseball is a sport we don't want to watch. Oh, it's boring to sit there three hours and watch a baseball game. It's so slow. Not much action. I like football. Even though there's breaks in football. There's hard hitting. There's fast. It's a fast pace. Players are fast. Players are more athletic. All the things you want to say about why a certain sport is better than baseball. Baseball's still there. As kids, we all play baseball. As as father and son playing catch is still a thing. But this whole stealing signs thing, man, takes baseball to a whole nother level. I am here for it. You may not be, but I am always here for impressive ways to find and to have the upper hand. Before we get out of here, I want to challenge everyone with something that was challenged to me late last week. I think it's a great way to end the year and to also go into a new year with a bang. Let's take better care of ourselves. Let's take charge of our health. During the holiday season, we get a lot of foods on our table that are unhealthy. We get a lot of foods on our season that we don't normally eat. We know we shouldn't eat, but they're in front of us because they're good and we call them seasonal or holiday foods well when we get those seasonal holiday foods on our plate we're eating them we're eating them eating eating them and since we don't get it all the time we like it so much we go back for seconds hopefully hopefully you don't go back for thirds but some people go back for thirds there's so much on tv bowl season college basketball nfl nba that what we end up doing is camping out on the couch i have said numerous times about us sitting in our favorite chair with our favorite drink watching games for three four five six hours yes that is fun but don't let that take care or don't take charge and take precedence over our health and being active from now up until january 1st let's start a new habit of being active of getting and moving and get moving and being more active as human beings and like i said challenge someone else with this as well get out do at least 1 mile of something every single day hike a bike walking running jogging whatever it is do 1 mile of it every single day you do something every day it takes 30 days only 30 days to start a habit i think this is a great way to start one with you doing that you'll find out if you're not eating healthy there are certain foods when you're eating them they hinder you when you're working out they're not good from your for your body and they end up harming you and hurting and and uh, slowing down your progress while you're working out so while you're getting more active while you're moving better you're gonna start feeling better you're gonna start having a bigger smile on your Face your boss is gonna be wondering, hold on, man. Why is your face getting slimmer? Why are you moving a whole lot more? What is this change? You said, Hey, I made one small change in my life and got more active. I'm moving one mile every single day, at least one mile every day. You could explain to him why you could explain to him how you're feeling, how you're feeling better, and hopefully, he takes that same challenge and moves it on to his family, on his wife, on his kids, his, his, his people that he knows, his family, his friends, whoever it is. Per- challenge everyone to be healthier human beings. Because if you're healthier, someone else may get healthier. Someone else may be healthier. And our country, I say our because I live in America, our country will not be as obese. And the obesity rate can, can start going down and down and down and down and down so far further than it's ever been before. Thank you for listening to another episode of The J Podcast. As always you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. underscore J25. Once again that is at Dr. underscore J-A-Y the number 2 and the number 5. Remember to always subscribe, break, and review. It's a great way for people that are searching for new podcasts to listen to, to come across this one. Then remember to always get the word out about the podcast via word of mouth. The things that we enjoy in life we are more willing and somewhat wired to tell other people about. So no matter if this was your first episode or if you have been listening since episode episode. episode one. Be sure to let people know about the podcast. This has been episode 45 of the Jay Stevens podcast. I'll see you next time.